Okay, now, Guru and Wiz are back at you here. We are creeping towards August, and we promised that we'd be uh, knocking out these team summaries one by one. So, we're back at it again today, and a little local flair in this one. And uh, we got our boy Connor and Sue's New York Jets, a whole bunch of Jet fans out there. You people have been in misery since 1969. It's not an easy existence, uh, but it is what it is. Wiz, how are you today? I'm doing well. Looking forward to talking about the uh, Jets and Eagles in these next two podcasts. So uh, let's let's get after it here. All right, fantastic. So you know, the, the Jets were kind of an interesting story last year. I, I mean, there was a lot of hope coming into the season. Um, Adam Gase uh, certainly under a, a decent amount of scrutiny in, in some of his uh, wacky press conferences that he's had and usage of players and stuff. And, you know, and the, the one big thing that, that hurt this team at the start of the year was, uh, you know, the illness, the mononucleosis really took the team back quite a bit um, with Sam Darnold, the starting quarterback, going down. But, but Sam's back. Hopefully he's not going to have to deal with that this year. Um, I, I think the Jets finished actually pretty strongly. Um, there's the ongoing dramas uh, around this team, uh, both Jamal Adams and, and now with some stuff going on with ownership. So there are some distractions out there, but let's see, uh, let's see what Wiz thinks about the, the, the New York Jets and if he can please some of those uh, local Jet fans and anybody out there nationally that follow these kids. Uh, so Wiz, um, let's start off the top. Sam Darnold, who was uh, now entering his third year as a starting quarterback in the NFL. You know, when I look at Sam Darnold, he doesn't look like a guy that's a high on a lot of people's lists, you know, heading into the season. You know, what's your thought around him? Do you, do you, do you think he finished the season strong enough to warrant that, you know, Sam Donald will be an okay backup quarterback, certainly not looking at him from a starting perspective. What's your, what's your view on Sam Donald? I think, I think, you know, I listen to a lot of Jet fans and I, I think there's a bit of unrealistic optimism that Sam Donald is going to take this jump to the next level. I mean, to the to the next level of what? I mean, you know, what, what to, to like what to like maybe uh, you know Josh Allen or you know to you know be okay middle. I mean, he's not. I don't think anybody uh, you know would consider that he's going to make a jump to be like a top five to 10 quarterback in the national football league, but he, he can, I guess, improve. Um, I have my doubts. I think he's okay, but I just think he's just that. Okay. I think as far as fantasy goes, I think he's a bi-week quarterback. If you're starting Sam Donald more than once or twice in a year, you're probably in a bit of trouble or your number one quarterback has gotten hurt. Either way, it's probably not a good scenario. So I, I think he's okay. As far as, Number two quarterbacks go. I'd say you know he's 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 right there in the middle of like you know thirteen to twenty somewhere around then. I mean I you know I, I that's that's my view on him. I I think he's okay. Um, I didn't like you know his reaction that Patriot came last year when he seemed to be all kinds of confused and the coach was confused about what kind of blitzes the Patriots are running in their defense. Um, oh, that was the uh, the infamous uh, the infamous ghost game, right? Uh, yeah, I'm seeing ghost. You know, like so. In any event, he's okay. Uh, I think he is what he is. I think he's you know. Uh, 
a backup fantasy football quarterback. Do you have a, a different view on that? No, not really. I, I'll tell you what I am curious about. Um, uh, Joe Flacco ate a little humble pie in um, in, in Denver last year. Uh, you know, he he made some controversial co- comments about being a, um, a mentor, um, you know, that I'm, I'm a starting quarterback. And, uh, and Joe makes his way back to the East Coast, and he's going to back up. Uh, Sam Donald at some point in time because that guy David Fails who came in last year was uh, exactly that uh, a fail, but um, <laughs> I, I, I'm curious. Do you think do you think someone like Joe Flacco who sounds like he's definitely a little bit more receptive to the role would be a benefit to someone like Sam Donald? Uh, you know, a seasoned quarterback. He's won in this league. He's won a Super Bowl. Is that something that Sam Donald can take advantage of? Yeah, I think. I think if you know if Flacco wants to be that guy in terms of mentoring, he can. If he has aspirations of unseating Sam Donald, if the Jets go up to a slow start, maybe it's a different kind of quarterback room. So I'm not really sure about that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not, I'm not sure anything in that Jet organization right now currently, from ownership to oh, general manager to coach to players, is anything. You know, to get excited about with an occasional player or two that we'll get to. But as far as Sam Donald go, none of that goes. None, none of that is going to really change my view on him. I think he's, you know, a number two fantasy football backup quarterback, uh, and that's about it. You know, I um, want to add. I want to add one thing here. You know, this offense. Uh, you know, Adam Gase was supposed to be some offensive genius, but you know, he was a failure in Miami. I look at the play calling on this team. I, I hate the play calling. I absolutely hate it. Donald had, had only two 300-yard games in, in the 13 games he played. So I, I, do you think the team has done enough to help him on the offensive line? Because they did add a lot of guys in free agency, and they drafted Mekhi Becton. Um, do, do you see this line ha- having made enough changes to, to maybe help the situation a little bit? Because they, they were an utter failure both, both in pass protection and running the ball. Yeah, they got a, a great pick uh, with their first pick. You know, Becton uh, could have went, you know, much earlier. You know, a lot of people had him number one offensive lineman on their board. So I, I think that was fine. That's what you kind of have to kind of do. But as far as Adam Gaze goes, I mean, you know, I, I guess some people perceived him to be, uh, you know, an offensive uh, genius. But as far as I'm concerned, I I think he he would make a great defensive coordinator. I mean, he he really shut down Kenyon Drake and Tannehill. So so we could move on now to the running back situation. And and Le'Veon Bell, I don't know. I mean, I know Jet fans were just over the moon with that signing. And I'm, I'm dubious. I, this, if it wasn't bad enough where you're concerned about, like, you know, if his relationship with the organization wasn't bad enough, now you add the ultimate vulture who just never goes away, Frank Gore, signed by the Jets. Um, they drafted uh, Michael P. Ryan as well. Um, so as far as Le'Veon Bell goes, Will there be a glory day return to the Pittsburgh Steelers of a few years ago where he was, you know, that elite guy? Or are you kind of like saying the trains left the station on Le'Veon Bell? 
Um, you remember before uh, a league that you and I are partners in with uh, Ricky and one John McKenna, uh, otherwise known as a, as one of uh, the bigger mushes out there in terms of his uh, prognosticating abilities. And uh, Mr. McKenna had a uh, grand view that uh, Le'Veon Bell was going to be a big-time stud. I, I was extremely concerned about that view, and particularly coming from uh, someone like McKenna. Um, the guy missed basically a year and a half of football. Uh, you know, he played all kinds of games with the contract. I didn't like that. He was coming to, a, you know, an inferior situation compared to what he had in Pittsburgh. So I didn't have a lot of hope last year. Uh, the Jets were dead last in the NFL in yards per carry. And uh, I'm going to say once again that I don't have a lot of hope. It's a player that I will be avoiding unless he is dirt cheap. And that's the only way that I'd be drafting Le'Veon Bell in any league this coming year. So let me ask you a two-part question real quick. One is, I mean, in a PPR league, I still have him as a running back to somewhere in that 15 to 25 range, maybe 15, maybe a little, maybe 25 is too harsh, maybe, maybe 15 to 20. So my two-part question for you is, do you agree running back to? And the other part of the question is, what's dirt cheap that you would say, okay, I have these reservations about Le'Veon Bell, but – the price is right. Um, so, okay, so let's take the, the first part of the question. Um, dirt cheap, I would say, in an auction draft is probably where you're getting Bell maybe like kind of, I don't know, like four, fourth round type stuff uh, as a second back, in fourth, fifth round, something like that as a second back. And in an auction league where I'm not having to pay more than, say, in a $200 salary league, more than something like fifteen odd dollars for the player. That that's what I call dirt cheap for him. And I, I don't dis- right. and, I, I don't disagree you, with you. RB two. RB two. You know his cat his pass catching ability is the is is the intriguing thing about the player. You know I was I was looking at this roster. One player that has teased everybody over the years, but he can never stay on the field as one of Carl's guys, is uh, Kenneth Dixon is on this roster. I, you know, I don't even know if he makes it to camp because the fact is only 80 players are getting to camp this time around instead of 90, so he might not even make it there. But he's been an intriguing guy before, but he just hasn't been, ever been able to stay on the field. But to, to go back to your point, no, you know, he's, a, he's a running back too, but for me, it's, I'm going to let somebody else take care of that. Uh, I'd rather have other guys as a running back too. And if you're, I mean, you know, this is, I guess, kind of a sad question, but if you draft Le'Veon Bell, do you then go out of your way to get Frank Gore, or you're saying one guy in this entire situation is bad enough? I'm going to go with, <laughs> look, I commend Frank Gore for, for doing what he's done over the course of his probably Hall of Fame career, but uh, one's enough for me. Fair enough. Let's move to wide receivers where the Jets did a couple interesting. They have two new wide receivers, one via free agency, the other via draft. Brashard Perriman, that's free agency, and they drafted um, Denzel Mims as well. Uh, so you're putting those two guys with Jamison Crowder. I think that makes for, uh, you know, okay wide receiving group. I'm okay with that. I think there's some talent there. Perriman, when he became the last man standing last year for Tampa Bay, kind of really exploded. I mean, he was almost a league winner for some teams uh, if you had Perriman after uh, Godwin and Evans went down. He, he was going absolutely wild. 
Crowder seems to have a good rapport. I like Denzel Mims, who I think in you know a matter of time will be the best receiver on the Jets. So you know, how do you you know break these you know these three guys down? Is there a clear pecking order? Tell us your view of the uh, the trio of wide receivers for the Jets. So if it was a normal year, I, I, you know, I may give the benefit of the doubt that, you know, potentially we saw either Perriman or Denzel Mims really kind of move move into um, part of the conversation uh, because they'd be going through normal routine. I'd say because of the way things have kind of played out and just the consistency of the player, because I think he's one of the more underrated players. For me, of the three players that you mentioned, I would definitely be focused, in, and in PPR leagues for certain, Jamison Crowder is the underneath guy, the slot guy, the security blanket for Sam Darnold, um, and I think he's probably undervalued by everyone as a fantasy player. You know, last year, 70-odd catches, almost 900 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, I, I like I like Jamison Crowder. He's going to be cheap in both auction and, and roto drafts, and I like Crowder to be the main guy that I would be looking to play uh, in a fantasy perspective, uh, from the New York Jets. So, if you're, you know, so how how high are you in the player in a twelve team league? Is he one of your top three receivers? Is he should he be drafted as a top forty receiver? Where if you leave that draft with Jamison Crowder as your number three receiver, you should feel good, good about yourself. Where, where do you have Crowder in terms uh, of the I, I demand? Would... Uh, things as in wide receivers this year. I think Jamison Crowder is the ideal th- three or four receiver, and I and I think most people won't look at him as a three receiver, but he should be valued as a three receiver because because that's just the way he performs. If you look last year, he was he was number eighteen in all of the NFL in targets, and that goes a long way for me. And he actually I think he set a record in one game for. Uh, for, for, for receptions, um, I think he had 15 receptions in, in one game, but he's a real security blanket. So I, I would definitely value him as a three, but most people would probably value him below that. I wouldn't be disappointed with him as a third receiver. Okay, so you're, 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 you're thinking is 30 to 40 for Crowder? Yep, yep, that's correct. And I think most people and would not be thinking the same. You have the two guys, uh, either a preference either way, um, Either guy should be drafted. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people are excited about Perriman, what he did last year. Do you think that was because he was the only guy standing and he had Winston throwing the ball all over the place? What's your view on, uh, you know, just give a quick uh, quick view on uh, on the other two receivers there, Perriman and Mims. Well, somebody's going to have to take over the Robbie Anderson role. And, you know, again, I wish there was more chemistry that's been built up, and hopefully they have been able to throw to one another. But uh, my view is I'd, I'd pick Perryman, the veteran, o- o- over the rookie Mims. I, and as you mentioned, Perryman's done this two years in a row in, in a pass-happy offense. It's not the same situation here. And, and you and I both know Robbie Anderson – was a bit of an inconsistent player as well, but he'll play that role. I, I think I think Perriman should be drafted. Uh, Mims is going to be a dynasty player, but I think he's not far behind Perriman in terms of be, because of what he's done. I think some people will pay co- close attention to that, especially if he provided team success at the end of the year. But but for me, he's a little bit more of a riskier pick because he's you know he's not been able to contribute like this in a consistent basis over the course of his career. 
So before before we get to Herndon, let me just ask you this. So when you you know most of these drafts, you're drafting 16, 18 players, and you're probably going to draft five receivers. Uh, so just a quick yes or no: Perriman and Mims drafted by you? We you know you're drafting where each team is drafting five players. In other words, is each of those guys, one of those guys, or neither of those guys in the top 60 in your opinion? I think Perriman is, and and Denzel Mims is not. Herman, yes, and Mims, no. Yep, that's correct. Fair enough. Well, let's get to Herman, a guy that, uh, man, you love this player. I mean, you, you you wait and wait and wait for this guy to actually get on the field and uh, and see if he could uh, and see if he could do something. So, tell us why you like the player, and if he stays on the field, how high do you view this player uh, as far as what he's capable of? Yeah, so I, I think I think Herndon, you know, last year uh, he had a hamstring injury which never went away, um, but he really played very solidly as a rookie, University of Miami. Um, you know, as the season wore on in 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 two thousand and eighteen, he became a more consistent target. Uh, I think he caught the ball forty odd times and and had about. 550 yards receiving and you know just couldn't get on the field last year the one thing is the Jets because they don't have a plethora of of receiving options you know the tight end position becomes you know somewhat of an option on this team and 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 if you look at what happened last year um they had the kid um what was his name Ryan Griffin the tight end who had a couple of huge huge games so the tight end is is definitely something that you know and Sam Darnold the type of passer he is he's going to check down he's going to look low so so I think I think Herndon is one of those guys that's probably ranked somewhere between 15 and, say, 21, 22 on the tight end board. But he's a guy that could definitely outplay his ranking coming into the season. Yeah, I mean, if if Ryan Griffin can average 10 yards a catch and, five, and have five receiving touchdowns in kind of like a limited role – there's a lot of temptation to see what Herndon could do if he could stay on the field in a full-time role. So I'm with you on that. As far as the ranking goes, yeah, he's outside the top 12. But, you know, if Herndon – I think Herndon's not a bad guy to draft. If you, dra- if you draft two tight ends, whether it's mandatory or you just want to draft two tight ends, I don't think there's anything really wrong with taking Herndon as your second tight end and kind of having a wait-and-see approach to seeing, one, if he could stay on the field, and two, with all the new pieces on the Jets' offense, how they use him. So I'm in agreement with you about that. Anything else you wanted to add about the Jets, or are we going to start talking Eagles football here? Uh, I don't know. Do we do we have to talk more about the Jets at this point? You know, the, the one thing I would say is this. For some reason, and, and it was the case this year, even though this is kind of a no-name defense, uh, save Jamal Adams, um, because, and who knows what's going on with that player, but somehow Greg Williams always gets his defense to play well. And uh, the, the, the Jet defense actually ranked kind of, I think number 13 or number 12, actually, in, in fantasy points for the year, which really surprised me. It's not a defense that's going to get drafted. Um, I, I would personally stay away from the situation, but, you know, I'm just – it's just something worth worth bringing up. Um, you know, their kicker, Sam Ficken, I don't, I, don't, I don't really have really much to say about that. I mean, he, he made a couple of long ones, but, you know, he missed eight field goals. He only tried 27. He missed eight of them. So uh, not a guy that I'd be looking at either. So there's not much talk. I'm ready to get to the city of brotherly love and, and talk about the Eagles because that seems to be a more uh, interesting conversation than the Jet. Alrighty. 
All Excellent right. stuff, and uh, great talking to uh, to everyone out there. And uh, yep, good job. And we'll uh, we're going to get on to the Eagles after this. Yeah, and just to remind everybody again, Guru and Wiz at Gmail dot com for suggestions. Um, you know, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, and we're on SoundCloud. And uh, you know, feel free to drop us uh, a note if you want to hear something specific. But uh, otherwise, we are uh, going on to the Eagles. Thanks very much, Wiz. Got it.